Welcome to Smart Poker Study. My name is Sky Matsuhashi, and I'm happy you're joining me today. I'm here to help you make money in online poker by teaching you key strategies and getting you to take action. Got a little Q&A podcast for you today. In the first question, I'm going to help you organize your poker notes in a Microsoft Word format. And the second question, I'm going to help you get over the fear of being bluffed. And to help you take notes for today's episode, whip out that poker journal. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) And head to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 435. Without further ado, let's uh, do this. Gambate. Warm it all up. Everything you've got. So question number one today is about organizing notes, and this one comes to us from Mike D. I sent out a video a while ago on how to take great notes in Microsoft Word, um, you know, from the different poker content that you study in your study sessions, and he sent in this question in response. If you'd like to see the video, it's in today's show notes. So Mike's question here. Thanks for the video. I take notes when I review material as well. I usually use index cards so I can review when I have some downtime. And I type the content into one note. I really like what you were doing with Word, and I think I'm going to try it your way. One of the things I've been trying to do is to break poker down into pieces. Three betting, check raising, HUD stats, hand reading, etc. If I wanted to review the concept, I could just pull up the section and read a couple of pages to get myself back on track. My problem is trying to figure out all of the pieces that make up the poker puzzle and logically formatting them. Any ideas? Thanks, Mike. All right, that's a great study question, Mike. Thank you much. Um, So you want more organized notes, and that's great. Let's say you're a No Limit Hold'em cash game player. Divide your notes first by street. So the first heading one within your Word document would be pre-flop. The next heading one would be flop then turn, then river. And uh, if you don't know what heading one is within Word, check out the video in the show notes as I show you how I organize my notes uh, within within Microsoft Word. Anyway, you've got now four major headings. Next, subdivide each of these into parts that go in a logical order for you and make them all heading two. Let me give you an example. So your notes would start off, heading one would be pre-flop, and then just various pre-flop notes right there. Next, under this would be a heading two, and these would be in order of importance, or just in order of what makes sense to you, of course. The first one would be, in my estimation, opening ranges, the next heading two, calling ranges, the next three betting ranges, the next three bet calling ranges, then four betting ranges, bet sizing, pre-flop math, opponent types, specific plays like limp raise or limp call or steals, etc. You can organize this this list however you want, but the key is to make each one a separate heading itself so it's easily searchable in the navigation bar. And for another quick example, the next heading would be flop. You know, heading number one would be flop after the pre-flop action. And your subheadings, your heading number two under flop, they would be, you know, listed in order of importance. And they could be, for example, value c-bets, then bluff c-bets, post-flop math, like outs and odds, and then check raises, then donk bets, then c-bet raises, etc. Just go on and on. Keep it organized in the mm, in an order of importance that you view it. 
As you learn more from different sources, put your notes in the appropriate area so you can recall them quickly. And make sure you use the same words or notations so you can run quick searches. Let's say you want to refresh yourself on all you've studied regarding check raises on various streets. If you sometimes spell it out fully, like check-raise, or other times you spell it out without the dash, or other times you use C-R or X-R, then you'll have a hard time finding it all. Keep it all the same so you can control F that puppy quickly. If you're very thorough and organized, and you keep MTT notes separate from cash game notes, and you keep No Limit Hold'em separate from PLO, then your notes could easily be turned into a book one day, just like I did. Nice, you'll be a published author at that point. So question two today comes from Chris, and it's about fear of being bluffed. He says, I think my current biggest leak is that I call or shove in my stack with the worst hand quite often. I think I might be a fish. Unhappy face. I don't know how common this is, but my red line is usually positive, and my blue line is very, very negative, at least over the 15,000 or so hands I've played in the last 10 days. I just don't have a good feeling of when I should get out of a pot yet, and it's the main thing that's making me a losing player, I believe. It's pretty silly, because I have a huge note to myself that says, when in doubt, fold, and I know that this is my biggest issue, but for some reason, I call their shove more often than not. Alrighty, well, thanks for bearing your poker soul, Chris. Your problem of giving too much value is very common, actually. Lots of players have a fear of getting bluffed, and they don't want to get bluffed in any pot. And I think that's probably your real issue. It's still a big issue for me as well, but I'm working on it, you know. You have that note of when in doubt, fold. But that doesn't actually cover the real issue. In the heat of the moment, you probably aren't really in doubt. You probably think your hand is the best. Or you think about all the possible hands your opponent could be bluffing you with. It also sounds like you bluff a lot as well uh, because you're getting it in with the worst hand quite often. So here are four things you could do to get over this problem. The first thing you can do is run a filter in Poker Tracker 4 for the times when you called a raise on the flop and you saw a showdown. You'll probably find a huge negative win rate here. I've seen as high as 700 negative 750 big blinds per 100 hands. That's a huge leak. These are most often times when you should fold because if you think about yourself, Sure, sometimes you raise the flop as a bluff, maybe a semi-bluff with a straight draw or flush draw. But most often, if you're raising the flop, it's for value. Your opponents are playing the same way. They raise for value more so than uh, as bluffs. You can also run the same filter for calling turn raises and calling river raises as well, and see what those win rates are. The second thing you can do, look at all of your biggest losing hands that went to showdown. Often in these big losing pots, our opponents show they're interested in the hand three times or more. When somebody opens the pot preflop, then calls the three bet, that's twice they've put money in. When they call your c-bet, that's a third instance of them liking their hand. Alarm bells should be ringing at this point. When they donk leave the turn, that's number four, and should be a huge sign that they love their hand. As you review the big losing hands with multiple actions on different streets, count the times that they show interest. And I bet at three or four, you should have picked up on the fact that your top pair or under pair or even two pair was beat by that point. The third thing you can do, change that note you're using from when in doubt fold, change that to read, when they show interest three times, assign a likely hand strength before clicking the button. You should always be thinking about your opponent's range and their current hand strength, but it's very important when they're fighting for the pot. If their range beats your hand, and you don't think they'll fold to a bluff right now or in the future, you should just fold. If they can be doing so with lots of bluffs or draws, then use your best judgment as to whether you should be continuing in the hand or not. And taking good notes on your opponents will help with this as well. If you see somebody bluffing, 
make a note of how they bluffed. For example, capable of bluffing the turn out of position when checked to, or capable of check-raise bluffing, or pulled a triple-barrel bluff on an ace-high flop in position, or something simple as small-blind bluff three better. Notes like this will help you in your future decisions. And the fourth thing that you can do, you also want to run a filter for showdown hands with hand strength at top pair. I have a student who's at negative 283 big blinds per 100 hands with this filter. Take a look at the biggest winning and losing hands. Some of the biggest losers will be where you called down, but should have realized sooner that you're beat. Lots of the winning hands will be where your opponent missed their draw, but you saw showdown anyway. You need to realize that top pair isn't that good of a hand, especially if there's lots of action. That's another note you can make for yourself. Top pair ain't good versus 4x interest from an opponent. Now, run that filter that I just mentioned, the top pair filter, uh, with showdown. Run it as a two-pair filter with showdown as well. There should be a huge difference in your win rate here, as two-pair is a much stronger hand. Two-pair can withstand so much more aggression than top pair can. One of the goals with these two filters is to train your mind to not think that top pair is such a strong hand. If you treat it like the semi-weak hand it is, it'll be easier to fold in the future. Good luck, Chris. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Run those last two filters I just mentioned. Top pair showdowns and two pair showdowns. Compare the win rates and dive into your biggest losing hands that result from these filters. What can you learn about your play here? Are you losing too often with top pair? Should you have folded on earlier streets? Now it's your turn to take action and Scooby-Dooby do something positive for your poker game! 